The following audio is from Axe Church in Leander, Texas. More information about Axe is available at axechurchleander.com. Please join along and just follow along as we do our reading from Deuteronomy chapter 8, starting with verse 10. And you shall eat and be full, and you shall bless the Lord your God for the good land he has given you. Take care, lest you forget the Lord your God by not keeping his commandments and his rules and his statutes, which I commanded you today. Lest when you have eaten and are full and have built good houses and live in them, and when your herds and flocks multiply, and your silver and gold is multiplied, and all that you have is multiplied, then your heart be lifted up, and you forget the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery, who led you through the great and terrifying wilderness with its fiery serpents and scorpions and thirsty ground where there was no water, who brought you water out of the flinty rock, who fed you in the wilderness with manna that your fathers did not know, that he might humble you and test you to do you good in the end. Beware, lest you say in your heart, my power and the might of my hand have got me in this wealth. You shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth, that he may confirm his covenant that he swore to your fathers as it is this day. I'm Pete Mule. I'm pastor at Axe Church Lakeway. And um, I got a call from Pastor Gabe a couple weeks ago. Um, does this sound like a familiar theme? Actually, Gabe did not call me, just for the record. He called Kyle Frazier, who's our full-time missionary of discipleship, and asked if Kyle could preach here. Kyle asked me, I said, no, you cannot go on New Year's Day. A couple weeks later, Gabe was still striking out, so I finally go, I said, Gabe, you, have you found a preacher yet? He's like, New Year's Day is the toughest day to, to find a substitute preacher. I go, I'll tell you what, Kyle is indisposable at Axchurch Lakeway. He's the guy that does the real work over at Lakeway. I said, Kyle has to stay there, but you know what? I don't really do that much. I can show up in Leander and I'll preach. So we sealed the deal. We had a handshake. He sent me the stuff, hooked me up with Drew and the Masselinks, and uh, what a great team you guys have here. Um, I want you to think for a couple minutes about this week between Christmas and New Year's, all right, the one that you just passed, um, because what I'd like to do is maybe hang on to that a little bit before we let it get past us. I don't know about the part of town where you are, but where I live, I actually live in Bee Cave, this last week, especially toward the start of the week and again this morning, it was like a ghost town. I don't know if everybody left for Cancun or Colorado or whatever, uh, but I felt like I was the only one in town. Did you feel like that? A little bit, maybe. Maybe not at certain spurts of it, but throughout much of the week, I think what people do during this week between Christmas and New Year's, there's really nothing quite like it. And I think people shelter in place uh, we sometimes call that cocooning. If they don't leave town, uh, many of us shelter in place. And what do we do when we cocoon? Well, we eat leftover Christmas cookies and we binge watch our favorite shows. That's kind of what we do during this past week. Now, disengaging from life is a good thing once in a while. That's that whole concept of Sabbath. Um, who's heard the concept of Sabbath before? Yeah, have you? Okay. Um, who's met the person next to you? Has anybody, have you met the people around you? Have you done that? No, you haven't. Okay, so what we're going to do right now is I'm just going to pause. I'm Pete. I've introduced myself. Uh, the band, if you have not met these guys, but Trun and Taylor are from Axe Church Antioch. 
It is just a pleasure having you guys here. They sound like a full band. They're like the only two guys I know that sound like six. So can we thank them as well? So just so you don't, you know, settle into that New Year's Day sleep too early, just turn around, stand up, move the blood, take 10 seconds, and meet two people, introduce yourself by name, all right? You can't introduce yourself to someone you came with. Okay, that's about it. You can have a seat again. That should get your uh, that should get your blood going and the warmth back in your bodies. You guys are a friendly crew. You can have a seat again. Um, I re- I released you uh, only to figure out you won't come back. So here we are. Um, you'll have a chance to keep that conversation going after the worship gathering today. As I said a moment ago, uh, this last week is certainly a time to disengage, and that's very important. We need our holidays to do that. Um, Concept of Sabbath is very important. But if that's all we do, I think we're missing something. And there is disengagement. That's kind of this discipline of withdrawal. But then there's also engagement. I don't know about you, but I have to figure out ways in which I'm engaged. Uh, In fact, when it comes to really thoughtful things or spiritual things many times, I have to discipline those kinds of sub-base. Uh, are you hearing that sub coming out of here? Wow. <laughs> this is going to be one of those days, right? So I'm just getting used to your facility. All right. I thought, I thought there was like an amp that was going to blow up and I was going to be thrown into the second row. So I'm just glad to know that's not going on. Um, thank you. Just put your arms out. Here's the two things I want you to think about today. I want you to think for a couple minutes about where you've just been. And I also want you to consider today where you're going next. Okay, where you've been and where you're going next. So just right now, I know you've met at least one person here. Um, Just right now, take a a note, and it could be a relational note if you want to talk with someone for a minute. Um, It just could be a private Maybe a physical note that you put down, you, you write it out, you, you maybe draw it on the edge of something, you might make a, a, a note in your phone. But I want you to identify three things about 2016 that stand out for you, okay? And then what I want you to do is uh, identify three things about 2017 that you're anticipating, Just to maybe structure how you go about thinking through this is, um, as you go back to think about 2016, ask the question, what was fruitful and needs to be celebrated and maybe built upon in the new year? And then what was maybe not as fruitful? What was unfruitful and perhaps is a candidate for being abandoned, left behind as you move into the new year? So three things about 2016, three things about 2017. If you're talking to somebody else, you might have time to get through one each of those, all right? So take turns. Um, If you want to do that privately, you can as well. But I want you to really just think about that for a moment, 2016, 2017, all right? Go for it.
So let me just ask you, who's, who's been maybe processing this a little bit already before you walked in here? Anybody? Um, for whom is this the first opportunity to say, oh my gosh, Christmas was crazy, the new year, everything else. I really have not had a chance to reflect yet. Anybody? Yeah, I think that's a lot of us. This is, we're, we're going to move on from there, but throughout this uh, little talk, I'm going to encourage you just to keep reflecting on your own story as that fits in with what we're talking about here. Because I do want to talk about what we've just left behind and where we're going next, but more importantly today, I want to talk with you about the space in between, all right? On one level, you can think about, think about that as being this week, right, between Christmas Day and New Year's Day, the week that we just passed. That is that space in between, again, nothing quite like it. But there are other places where that shows up in our lives, the space in between. When it comes to this last week, that was a time for uh, maybe returning uh, some Christmas presents that weren't quite the right fit, um, metaphorically or physically speaking. Um, it was also a time to just uh, maybe relax, vacation, spend some time with people that are important to you, friends and family. But the space in between as a whole is also a really dangerous place. It's where we've left one thing, we haven't started the new thing yet, and that place is filled with opportunity, but it's also, I love this phrase, fraught with peril. If you read great novels, you'll read phrases like that. It's also a very dangerous, or at least potentially dangerous place, that space in between. Um, Drew read that section uh, along with you from Deuteronomy chapter 8. You probably are saying, it's like week after Christmas, what are we doing back in Deuteronomy, the Old Testament people? Um, This was a people group that was ready to take the promised land, right? That's where these words were spoken by Moses, the prophet, uh, the leader of Israel. Um, They're recorded by Moses. We still have the words to this day, what he instructed the people. Um, But that was for Israel, that time in the wilderness was that space in between. They had left the certainty of Egypt behind them. Uh, It was slavery, it wasn't good, but at least they knew what they were getting with that package. They didn't know what was in front of them. They had heard the promise about milk and honey, I don't even know what that means. Uh, But they hadn't gotten there yet, and a journey that should have lasted a couple weeks stretched into how many years? Just, Just show off and tell the person next to you. You got, y'all said that way too loud. I could hear you way up here. (laughs) Yeah, 40 years. Isn't that nuts? That episode and that series of chapters in Israel's history um, contained episodes uh, like the uh, golden calf, the disobedience of Moses and his subsequent meltdown. It included the plague of, of serpents. Uh, It included all those kinds of things, the death of an entire generation. And that was that chapter for Israel. Um, Other than those things, all in all, it was a pretty good story. (laughs) But I'm going to ask you to open your Bibles again to Deuteronomy chapter 8. This section is not going to be on screen. So if you have a Bible with you or if you want to open this up on your phone, I'm going to read this from out of the New International Version. Uh, I'm going to start with verse 1 of that same chapter, Deuteronomy chapter 8, starting with verse 1. And then we'll just overlap into the first two verses of what we read as our main text for today. Be careful to follow every command I am giving you today, again Moses is the speaker here, so that you may live and increase and may enter and possess the land the Lord promised on oath to your ancestors. Remember how the Lord your God led you all the way in the wilderness these 40 years to humble and test you in order to know what was in your heart, whether or not you would keep his commands. 
He humbled you, causing you to hunger, and then feeding you with manna, which neither you nor your ancestors had known, to teach you that man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. Your clothes did not wear out. Your feet did not swell during these 40 years. Know then in your heart that as a man disciplines his son, so the Lord your God disciplines you. Observe the commands of the Lord your God, walking in obedience to him and revering him. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land, a land with brooks, streams, and deep springs gushing out into the valleys and hills, a land with wheat and barley, vines and fig trees, pomegranates, olive oil, and honey. A land where bread will not be scarce and you will lack nothing. A land where the rocks are iron and you can dig copper out of the hills. Verse 10, when you have eaten and are satisfied, praise the Lord your God for the good land he has given you. Be careful that you do not forget the Lord your God, failing to observe his commands, his laws, and his decrees that I'm giving you this day. Well, that general description of milk and honey got fleshed out a little bit more, didn't it? Now you get a picture of what this land is. Um, That was uh, their particular story. In contemporary society, what is the space in between for us? I want to think about that for a couple minutes. Um, And what do we do when the glory days are behind us, but the glorious future has not yet unfolded? What do we do when we're in the middle? Well, Americans, we drink. I don't know if you saw this uh, headline just a couple weeks ago, but uh, if, uh, for those of you listening online, it says, UT alcohol sales soar. And uh, the text of the article says, alcohol sales spiked more than 70% during the 2016 season compared with the previous year as Texas generated, guess how much in revenue from alcohol sales in the stadium? Three point, you can probably read a part of that, million dollars just from the sale of alcohol in the stadium. In a disappointing season that signaled the end of Charlie Strong's tenure as coach, UT fans drowned themselves in the suds. Um, I was, uh, now, just, any beer drinkers out there? I was just surprised that, you know, Shinerbach was not number one in Texas. It was Miller Lite. Uh, Texas fans bought 98,535 cans of Miller Lite this season. 95,000 plus cans of Coors Light, 34,000 some Bud Lights. Um, I most recently lived in St. Louis before coming to Austin, and I noticed that the king of beers did not hardly make a showing. Uh, they sold 89 cans of Bud all season long. I don't know what's up with Texas uh, and Budweiser, but, but there it is. Um, I do love Pastor Gabe's stories, um, how he engages with people and, ha- and people that he, that he meets, and, and uh, whether that's on the soccer field or it's, it's at the coffee shop, and the stories of meaningful conversations uh, that have come out of some of those relationships. I, I love hearing those. Um, we each find our context for that, right? I, I don't play soccer. Um, for me, one of the places where I'm having some meaningful conversations these days is when I'm lying face down on a massage table. Now, just for the record, I've never had a facial. I've not ever had a manicure or a pedicure. Um, just for the record, this is more like sports therapy. It involves an elbow in the middle of my back and, and pulling limbs in directions they were never meant to go. That's kind of uh, how therapy goes for me. Anyway, as God would have it, 
my regular therapist is the son of a Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod pastor. We discovered this probably on my third visit as I'm like grunting face down. And uh, I, I think it's less threatening to talk to a pastor when you can't look him in the eye. And so he's really opened up in these sessions. And so we talked just about the entire time. A couple weeks back, um, we were talking and he introduced me to this concept. It was suggested by Richard Rohr. It actually comes out of the, that's the world of theology. It actually comes out of the world of psychology. But it's uh, something called a liminal interval. Has anybody heard of a liminal interval? I, I never had. And so he's describing for me a liminal interval. And he said, you know, we just, uh, we're going to come to this week between Christmas and New Year's. And he says, Christmas is all about innocence and salvation. New Year's is about reflection and making amends. I thought, wow, that's really interesting. And he says, and the space in between is called a liminal interval. Well, I had to go home and research a little bit after I got up off the table. Um, it actually comes from the word lemons. It's from Latin, and it means threshold. All right, that's the base of that word. Lemons comes from this Latin word meaning threshold. Um, a little article from Psychology Today um, describing a liminal interval says, it's when you've left the tried and true but have not yet been able to replace it with anything else. How do we successfully cross these thresholds of life? When you've left the last thing, but you haven't quite gotten into the new thing. Uh, this week, maybe it's a New Year's party. I don't know, some fireworks. Is that the thing that helps you cross into the next thing? Well, uh, out of the, again, the world of psychology, the thing that helps us cross these thresholds um, are rites of passage. In our church traditions, uh, we have something called confirmation. It is a rite of passage. Um, I still remember there's some people in the room when uh, at Axe Church Lakeway, just uh, what seems like um, a lifetime ago, but it was just a couple years ago, it was the Sunday after Easter, and we commissioned the launch team for Axe Church Leander on our stage at Axe Church Lakeway. And as we did that, there were 20-some people standing on stage, and from that moment on, we all felt this was going to be different. We had just stepped across the threshold into what was going to be next. And we commissioned them, oh, we sent them off, and then the next Sunday they showed up again, um, which was a little disappointing for me. Um, but that was part of this rhythm as they then started getting ready to launch what was going to be known as Acts Church Leander under Pastor Gabe's leadership. But that was a threshold. That was a step across of something that got us from the thing we had known to the thing that was coming next. But getting caught in the place between what was and what is yet to come is very common. It can be scary, but it can also produce great clarity. I don't know if you, uh, this actually made national news. I don't know if you heard about this, this uh, just past fall. Downtown Austin, there's a man who found himself dangling nine stories above the ground. Did you see this picture? Uh, who saw this when, when the news came out? Yeah. Um, down at a UT parking structure, this guy dangled nine stories above the ground. A, a crowd gathered down below. He has no recollection of how he did that. He does recall, recall screaming for his life. And he remembers an angel, actually a guy from Alabama. There are some good people from Alabama, apparently. This guy from Alabama who had just gone to Austin, heard him, saw it, came running over, grabbed the guy by his hands, pulled him out of the vehicle 
And he walked down the stairs kind of with trembling knees and uh, didn't tell anyone for about four days that it was his car. <laughs> didn't tell any of his friends or family that was him. Finally, he put a little note on Facebook and then we figured out uh, who he is. Um, he did survive. He recovered. But he talks about life before this and life after this. I find this really interesting. This is what he says. 23-year-old William O'Connor has this kind of wisdom. He said, the biggest difference between then and now is the type of things that register as important or stressful. Whether it is more accurate or less, I think it has recalibrated my perception. Do you find when you go through those really big things, all of a sudden the stuff that was so important to you, not so big. Recalibrating our perceptions. I want you to think about that today. Liminal space is the space for transformation. Um, that section of Deuteronomy chapter 8. How did God help Israel cross the threshold between what was the time of this uh, slavery and then wilderness wanderings? How did he help them cross the threshold into what was next? Well, there were two words that keep showing up in that section. The first one is Remember. Another way to state that, you'll see that a couple times, is be careful that you do not forget. So there's always a looking back, okay? But then there's also a being careful in moving forward. So there is a remembering and there is also a resolving. So our question is, how might God use this? And notice the word holy day is hidden in the word holiday. But how might God use this holiday to recalibrate our perceptions? Now, for you, you might look back and say, well, the holiday's kind of behind me. But for many of us, we still have today. Tomorrow is New Year's Day observed. Some of you are still off tomorrow. But wherever this happens in here, I encourage you to be intentional about this. Um, I think back to that uh, part of his, my massage therapist's description of what goes on in this interval. And he, as he talked about New Year's Day, he said, it's a time for, do you remember what he said? Reflection and, do you remember the other part? Making amends. Now, we want to think making resolutions, but he, he phrased it making amends. I, I've really been thinking about that. Um, in fact, it was that very day that he had said those words to me. I went and I met somebody uh, next door at a restaurant called Mandola's. Um, and I had, we had some business to cover, and I met with this guy. And at the end of it, he said, could I take a couple more of your minutes? And I said, sure. And he wanted to talk to me about something. He confided in me. There was this person, it's a mutual friend of ours, um, and something that she had said got back to him. And it wasn't good. It, it wasn't positive about him or the organization that he represents. And he was just stressing out. And at the start of the conversation, his, all, his whole focus was on this other person and what they did wrong. And should he confront them? And so he was getting my advice. And I just listened for a while. And we talked it through. And eventually he got to this statement. He says, here's what I'll do. He said, I'll apologize for my part in this. I got choked up. I said the only way he could get from where he started to that statement is the Holy Spirit. That's the only way to credit that. And I just felt like I was in a special place right there where God was moving in him. And he started out with all these hurts about this other person, what they had done. He said, this is what I'll do. I will apologize for my part in this. And I was like, I couldn't talk for about three seconds 
I got my words together and I said, that's incredible. I said, and I told him, I said, you just choked me up. I said, when are you going to do this? And then the story fell a little bit and he said, well, whenever I run into her next. I said, well, when's that going to be? He goes, well, it could be months. I don't know. I thought, well, okay, God, you, you got his heart. You changed something there. I've just got to release the rest of it to you. So we packed up our stuff. We walked toward the door. We're walking out of the restaurant. And she's walking in. <laughs> Is God doing stuff or not? And I snuck out the back door. <laughs> and he sat down with her. And they sat at this table, and they reconciled. And I get choked up because that's beautiful. And life is hard, and we have all kinds of regrets, and we have all kinds of stuff in our past year and in our past lives that we don't want to think about, we don't want to remember, and it's an ugly chapter. But God is not beyond redeeming and healing any one of those. Is it possible that God has a divine appointment lined up for you? Let me ask that again. Is it possible that God has a divine appointment already in mind that includes you? The first half of this is what Paul says in Romans chapter 12. He says, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be, what's the word? transformed by the renewing of your mind. When I sat with him at that table, the Holy Spirit enacted a renewing of his mind. I saw that part. It all starts there. The rest is just opportunity, follow through, step back for a moment and join the Israelites on the east bank of the Jordan River. They're waiting to go into the promised land that God has prepared for them. Moses now, their parents have died. He gives them these words of instruction. And as we stand with them, what do you specifically need to remember? What do you need to call back to? Deuteronomy 8 verse 2. Remember how the Lord your God led you all the way. And then second, what do you need to be careful to decide in advance? What do you need to pre-decide I don't want to call it resolve because uh, when we think about resolutions, there's, there's too much other stuff that goes into that. But what do you need to pre-decide? Again, the Lord says, be careful to obey. Before you even go into land, decide now you're going to obey. Decide now your life is going to reflect a holy God's presence among you. Decide now. Joshua, what did he say? Choose this day whom you will serve. The next great leader who's going to go on from Moses' leadership he says to Israel, choose this day whom you will serve, but as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. He pre-decided before he went into the land. What are you going to pre-decide as you step into 2017? Looking back and looking ahead are both important. Um, I really believe, and I, we're going to close up here, um, I really believe there are two disciplines that are really important in this process. As you look back, there's a discipline, and it's called, it's called gratitude. And that is so important as you look back. 
It's remembering watching his steps the whole way, seeing his faithfulness throughout your entire journey up to this point, remembering giving him credit so that we do not become proud in our hearts and say, boy, we accomplished all this great stuff. Isn't it wonderful? Lord says, when you're living in houses you did not build, picking grapes off of vines that you did not plant, taking olives and oil from trees that you did not dig into the ground, in that moment, remember that it was the Lord your God who walked in front of you. The discipline of remembering. But in looking forward, it is a discipline that we call hope. C.S. Lewis writes, hope is one of the theological virtues. This means that a continual looking forward to the eternal world is not, as some modern people think, a form of escapism or wishful thinking. But one of the things a Christian is meant to do It does not mean that we are to leave the present world as it is. If you read history, you will find that the Christians who did most for the present world were just those who thought most of the next. And then he writes, aim at heaven and you'll get the earth thrown in. Aim at earth and you will get neither. It seems a strange rule, but something like it can be seen at work in other matters. Health is a great blessing, but the moment you make health one of your main direct objects, you start becoming a crank and imagining there is something wrong with you. You are only likely to get health provided you want other things more. Food, games, work, fun, open air. In the same way, we shall never save civilization as long as civilization is our main object We must learn to want something else even more. It reminds me a lot of those words um, that we read in the book of Hebrews. This is from the translation called The Message. Look at these words with me. Keep your eyes on Jesus, who both began and finished this race we're in. Study how he did it, because he never lost sight of where he was headed. That exhilarating finish in and with God, he could put up with anything along the way. Cross, shame, whatever. And now he's there in the place of honor, right alongside God. When you find yourselves flagging in your faith, go over that story again, item by item, that long litany of hostility he plowed through. That will shoot adrenaline into your veins. In this all-out match against sin, others have suffered it worse, far worse than you to say nothing of what Jesus went through. All of that bloodshed. So don't feel sorry for yourselves. Or have you forgotten how good parents treat children and that God regards you as his children? My dear child, don't shrug off God's discipline. But don't be crushed by it either. It's the child he loves that he disciplines. The child he embraces, he also corrects. Would you stand You've got the word imagine up behind you, or behind me, in front of you. That's tied in with this verse from Ephesians chapter 3. Would you read these words with me out loud? Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Just staying standing right now, would you bow your heads with me? Lord Jesus, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the sacrifice. Uh, We sang that song um, toward the front end of this gathering. Man of sorrows. Here we are a week after Christmas and we're already singing about Jesus 
who came on mission to go to the cross. But see, the stone is rolled away, the grave stands empty. There is nothing that goes beyond your gaze or your ability to heal and to help. Lord, we practice today the discipline of remembering. We also practice the discipline of hope. As we look back, as we look forward, we find ourselves here in this present moment. And so, Lord, hear the cry of our hearts. We confess now before you our own failures, our own sinfulness, our own questions and doubts. Lord, we ask that you hear them all as we pray. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Axe Church in Leander, Texas. Feel free to share this message with others and stay connected with us at axechurchleander.com.